Hey everyone, quick announcement before we jump into the interview. I've been floating with monetizing the podcast for several months now, but I will be opening up a Patreon now. I'm about to hit that launch button right after I finish recording this and uploading this, and I'm going to figure out that private RSS feed. The goal is to make the podcast revenue neutral. There are a few blog posts on the website about it, and I'm going to put up a few more this week describing the monetization strategy. It's going to be two tiers, because there are some things you cannot do on Patreon. Tiers are described on the Patreon, but the short version is there's a cheap tier if you just want to help support the podcast. There's a $10 tier if you want to get a longer, unedited interview. For example, this month we have an additional 40 minutes of discussion with Gerald, and I made sure uh, with the interviews, the other interviews coming up that I did in Vegas, that there are extra, there's an extra hour of interview with each of them. And there's a $20 tier if you want to be more involved in the podcast and submit questions and craft the interview before it's done. If you have suggestions on perks you'd rather have, please let me know. If I can hit $300 a month, which is the cost of producing the podcast, then I will re-add the second episode a month. So that is my current goal. The URL of the Patreon is patreon.com slash the NSFW Photography Podcast. I appreciate any support that you can give me. And now on with the show. Good day, everyone, and welcome back to the Not Safe for Work Photography Podcast. There are thousands of models and photographers creating adult content using modern platforms and taking control of their own creative lives. Today, we're interviewing Gerald Saunders. Gerald is a producer as well as a performer in the adult industry since 1995. How are you doing today, Gerald? Doing pretty good. Always busy, but I'm glad we're doing this. This is a perfect day to do it, actually. Yeah, it's 111 degrees outside. Well, we're inside, but yeah, I just wanted to, <laughs> it's perfect timing for me to do it. <laughs> oh, I got you. All right. Yeah, I, uh, I was planning on going hiking tomorrow, and yeah. I looked at the weather, and I was like, nope, that's mm-hmm. a terrible idea. <laughs> Even in a couple of days when it gets back down to 90 degrees, it'll still be a terrible day. This <laughs> is a terrible idea. Yep. All right. Our topic today is producing adult video work. Uh, I know we typically focus on photography, but frankly, our our topics are generally both sides of the lens and lenses are involved in video work too. Gerald started in photography, but moved to video, I believe it was about 20 years ago. Yeah, I started, I've been a photographer actually my whole life, like literally since I was 13, but I started doing adult work in Around 1995, I started shooting for some. I started shooting the things that ended up in adult magazines. So this is a topic we've discussed with three models, but we have never discussed it from the perspective of the producer or the videographer slash photographer side. So we're diving in from the opposite side this time. We always like to start with how you got into photography, and you've been doing it for quite a while. You talked about how long you've been doing it, and you said. Uh, it's an interesting story about how you specifically got into it. So what's the, what's the superhero origin story? <laughs> well, so I'd really been a photographer my whole life since really since high school. And for a while I worked in the record business and then I worked at camera storage teaching photography and selling camera equipment and whatnot. And in the very early 1990s, like 1991, I moved from Florida to Atlanta and was working at a camera store but I knew some people in the record business that were there. And there was a girl that I knew that worked at a record store and she was super cute. And we had talked about possibly doing some swimmer photography because I was the photographer, of one of those swimmer magazines that you see in the stores that are just trying to sell their bikinis, but they want real girls as models. Yeah. So I was in the record store that she worked at one day buying tickets to go see a concert 
and she and I started talking about that while I was in line because the tickets had not gone on sale yet. After I talked to her about swimmer photography, this girl taps me on the back of my shoulder. Hey, you're a photographer? Yeah. Well, when we get done buying our tickets, can you wait for a second outside so we can talk for a minute? And I'm thinking, oh no, somebody wants me to shoot their wedding. But oh no, it turned into, hey, I'm a stripper at the Gold Club and I need to send... <laughs> I need... I swear... <laughs> I'm a stripper at the Gold Club, and I need to get some pictures sent into this magazine that they do. It, the magazine was called Gallery, and it was a similar magazine to Hustler that has Hustler's Beaver Hunt that you can send your pictures in to try to get to be the Girl of the Month. So that's what she was doing at Gallery. The Gallery thing was called the Gallery Girl Next Door Contest. I'm not sure who started it first, Gallery or Hustler, and none of them. But I think either. they used to have some copies of that. When gallery. I was like 15. Well, maybe it's the one I was in. Or when my work was Interesting. in. Interesting. That's funny. So, so this girl sends... I So most of those pictures, and of course there weren't phone cameras back then, but most of those pictures were taken with disposable cameras and they look really crappy like your boyfriend or whoever took yeah. them or your neighbor. So we go out to this waterfall where I'd been shooting swimwear photography forever in a day. Little small kind of hidden waterfall in Georgia. So we go out there and do these nudes, and they're like great-looking professional pictures. So you can just imagine, guess who won for that girl of the month? Poof. So I'll try to keep this short, but basically they were going to take her up to shoot with their pro photographer to shoot their layout, but they asked her to ask me if I could shoot their layout (laughs) because they just assumed I did it all the time, which I basically did, but that was the first time I'd ever shot nudes in my life. And so... I came up with this concept to shoot a layout because, of course, I had seen adult magazines. So we went and shot this layout, and they used it as her thing in the magazine. And ultimately, she won not the Girl Next Door of the Year, but she won for the runner-up, all because she tapped me on the shoulder. Interesting. And the most interesting thing about that is, so the magazine had like an eight, ten-page layout of her in it, and... They had told me it was going to be the December 1995 issue of Gallery. So I'm thinking we should shoot a second set that's kind of Christmassy looking, but not too Christmassy, like green and red, green and red, green and red. They put one of those pictures on the cover of the magazine. That's so unheard of to put some unknown chick out of nowhere on the cover of the magazine. And certainly by some photographer you'd never heard of, but poof, she's on the cover and she's in the magazine and there you go. And here, and here we are today. (laughs) I mean, that's a heck of a way to get in. How did you go from doing uh, that style of photography and moving into adult work? Well, that's actually an interesting story too, kind of. So a friend of mine that was a producer here um, in Vegas, he was going to go to LA to shoot a couple of girls, but he wanted me to go along to take pictures and be camera guy for his videos. Go out there, shot one girl wherever we shot her, went to this other location. It was actually a hotel room because that's pretty common. Mm. And his style was very amateur style too. So I shoot this, well, it wasn't a POV scene, but I shoot this blowjob scene with him and her and whatever. We get that done. And she says to him, hey, I could use a little extra money. Do you think we could do another BJ? And he's like, well, I can't. I can't do it. Right. And he's like, I can't do that, like, right away. And he comes over to me. He goes, 
hey, if I just pay this chick to do this, do you want to do that? And I'll film it. Yeah, sure. Poof. And that was the first scene I ever shot that I was in. Like, I was so unprepared for it. It wasn't even like I ran and cleaned up real quick. But mentally, I was so unprepared yeah. for it. And then, so the next thing you know, I'm like, duh, I can do this. And, and here we are. <laughs> so you run a couple sites nowadays. Uh, what are the sites that you run? Well, actually, there's a huge sort of network of them. I run a bunch of individual models as websites that are part of my network. Um, I have a handful of sites that are actually sites of mine that I run within the network. But the two main ones that I do are LasVegasAmateurs.com. And then my bondage one is called ExposedBondage.com. But there are definitely more than two. They all kind of network together. So running off a list of domain names would just be time-consuming if one thing but the two main ones are lasvegasamateurs.com which is more the porn site content and the exposedbondage.com which is obviously bondage stuff which i really like shooting both types so it's good that i can be diverse like that and most of the girls that i shoot are fine with shooting both types of content too which is also a good thing yeah. I feel like a lot of the models that I've spoken to seem to really like bondage out of all of the fetish work. They seem to regard bondage as almost like a light and playful form of fetish work versus other stuff. I tend to agree there. I mean, it depends because like anything, there are different levels of anything. You're right. You but, can tie somebody up. You can throw them down and have your way with them in a violent way. <laughs> There's yeah. the but I mean, damsel in distress type bondage, which is, pretty much what i would classify what i shoot is oh i've abducted you from wherever i've abducted you and i've got you restrained on the bed and i'm going to use a sex toy on you to make you come and if you don't come i'm not going to let you go and if you do come then i'm going to let you go wink wink but i don't (laughs) yeah Hmm. i know for example when i was looking at how to monetize the podcast for example patreon says that you cannot discuss incest if you right. want to be monetized on Patreon at all. That doesn't surprise me. Which makes sense because they on like Pornhub and thing, they call it, it's all step right. stuff. So I assume it's the same thing there. It pretty much is, yeah. And that all changed basically about a year and a half ago. I mean, because it was always taboo to have scenes where the girl's calling you dad or daddy. But it was still okay. But about a year and a half ago, for various reasons... The credit card companies, specifically MasterCard and Visa, not necessarily Discover or JCB or those, but specifically MasterCard and Visa, they came down really, really hard with that. So, like, you've got to say stepdad or stepdad or stepmom or stepbrother or step this or step that. You can't say you can't say the other. And there were a lot of scenes that I have shot where they said daddy. And so now when I title those, when I'm putting them up in, say, a new place that's a new clip type store, of course, I'm going to change it to, I'm, I'm going to label it stepdad or whatever. Uh, and if I recall correctly, not every model is okay with the stepdad thing. That is correct. Yeah. I mean, well, actually, let's backtrack even further. Not all models are okay with the dad thing. Like, even when I would shoot that. Well, I can do it, but can we say you're my stepdad? Sure, I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
I've got one model who I shoot with all the time that we, we did that one time. And I think it was her first time doing it where I was actually her, her stepdad, even not her dad. And she loves shooting with me. We still shoot today or to this day. But after that one time, she was like, you know, can we come up with some kind of different kiss? So now I'm her landlord. Yeah. Now, as, as someone who has a daughter, I find it way too weird. Personally, I, I it, yeah, if it's if it's somebody else's kink, I'm not going to shit on your kink, but it's too weird for me. I get it, so. you know, <laughs> but I mean, for me, marketing, it's better to say that I'm your stepdad or whatever. But in this specific scenario, I really like shooting this model and saying the whole thing because she's the only one that I ever say mm-hmm. I'm your landlord. That actually brings a whole unique perspective to and some diversity yeah. that I don't share with other models and just with her. So I saw you uh, have things on loyal fans and only fans as well. Is that the same stuff that's on Las Vegas Amateurs and Exposed Bondage, or is it separate? Yeah, pretty much. Like all my okay. clips, I run. I have loyal fans, only fans, clips for sale, mini vids, gotcha. and so I put everything everywhere I can do it. Um, there's there's a place called Fab House. Fap, F-A-P house. Now. I've seen it advertised before, but I'd never... Well, it used to be called X-Hamster, but they changed it to Fap oh, House about a year ago. Don't know why. Um, and fun, the funny thing about well, that X-Hamster is... X-Hamster never really made much sense, honestly. <laughs> right. Well, the funny thing is they sent me all kinds of gear and t-shirts and even masks and stuff as X-Hamster from whatever country they're in. They sent so I can shoot the models in them because I always do that. You know, here's the girl in a I Want Clips t-shirt or here's a girl in a whatever just to promote them and them. So they sent me this big, huge box of X-Hamster stuff and five weeks later they changed their name. So. (laughs) And they haven't made, they haven't made Fab House stuff yet, but as soon as they do, I'll Mm. get them to send me some more and redo it all. (laughs) But anyway, anyway, yeah, to answer your actual question, I put I don't really keep any of my content exclusive to any of those clip stores because the more place it is, the better it is for me because you might buy your clips at I Want Clips and Larry might buy his clips at Clips mm. for Sale and never get an account anywhere else. So if I don't have them everywhere, the person that only buys from Clips for Sale or only buys from Minivids or only buys from wherever or only views it at Fap House may never see it if I don't put it in all of those places. And I don't find that it, uh, I mean, I find it helps me financially to do that as opposed to hurts me because it's, I don't feel like it's everywhere. I feel like it's everywhere possible. Gotcha. Yeah. And that makes sense too, because you've got your own subscription sites. If they like your style and want everything you do, and then the individual sites, if they like everything you shoot with an individual model, they'll just pick up the stuff from that model. Right. Yeah. Well, and the same thing too, if they like, let's say they like six different things with six different models that are the same type of scenario. Landlord stuff. Pardon? (laughs) They like all the landlord stuff. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. Okay. But I mean, yeah. But if they like POV blowjobs and they say, oh, that's one with a black girl and oh, that's a girl with a heavier girl. That's a girl with barely Mm. no tits and different scenarios or different body types. They might go, oh, that's watermarked lasvegasamateurs.com. I should just go there. And then they join my website. So, because everything's watermarked so they can find out where it came from. So if they're like, well, I like this. I'll just go join that website to see 
all of it or whatever's coming new. And I do try, although I don't always succeed in doing this, I do try to put my content up first on my websites. But actually, it's kind of over the past year, really, I've actually kind of reversed that to put it on clip stores first because I pre-program everything to be to have updates like every every Wednesday, Saturday or every Wednesday, Saturday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Saturday. So a lot of my stuff is pre-programmed out for like a year. So I can't I mean, if I shot something, say this past Wednesday, I can put it up right away just to do it. But I usually try to wait, even though I just shot it. Oh, how often do you release content? Oh, well... Because you mentioned Wednesdays and Saturdays. Well... Was that an example, or do you typically release twice a week? No, that's kind of an example, but it depends on which clip store, too. Like, they're all different. So, like, my... And this is generally speaking, I actually can't swear this is the actual dates. But Las Vegas Amateurs, I try to do Wednesday, Saturday. Um, I try to do two different days for exposed bondage and i think that's monday sunday i mean monday friday yeah. but you said you've got it all automated so it's all automated <laughs> right or but right so like i program even the same thing with clip stores well so actually there are some clip stores that don't let you program stuff well one of those for example when i post stuff it just goes live immediately like post boom boom 10 minutes later it's up so I have to keep track of that if I don't want to go, boop, boop, boop. if I'm adding 15 things, I don't necessarily want to go in one day. Yeah. But at the same time, that can be helpful because if you're starting a new clip store or a new clip place, then you can put 15 clips up right away. Yeah, you probably don't want to start a clip store with just one clip. Correct. Because... Well, most of them make you have at least five. But even if you have 100 clips and you're starting in a new place, you can still program them out, right? If if you're if they have a like clips for sale and mini vids and me, most of the other ones, they have a calendar where you can program them out. And so if I have, let's say I've got a brand new, let's say one of these brand new things with Cindy Crawford. If I, when I get those edited, probably later this week, I'm going to go and post that one clip anyway on all my places and I might go and do it on all of them on Sunday just to get them up right away even though that's out of sync with all the other ones because to me that doesn't really matter I just want to get something up quick I'm not going to take something down that was supposed to go up Saturday just to put that I'm not going to substitute it I'm just going to oh cool extra scene for you guys yay here's this hot blonde you know um so I want a hot blonde (laughs) so it just it 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 really depends. Like, and I actually keep a spreadsheet for each model. <laughs> like, have a like I'll have a model for Ziva. I'll have a spreadsheet for Ziva Fay. And here's the scene title. Mm. And is it on Pornhub? Is it on the website? Is it on Clips for Sale? Is it on Miniviz? Is it on I Want Clips? Is it on so on so on so on so on so forth? Is it on a DVD? Because I make DVDs too. So I noticed you shoot a lot of POV. Is that mostly a financial decision in terms of bringing in talent or bringing in crew? Or does POV just sell better? Well, for me, POV is going to sell better. I really find it unnecessary to hire male talent. To be honest, just to be honest. Um, 
if I have a girl coming over here to shoot a POV blowjob scene or whatever, and she knows it's going to be with me, then I don't have to worry about showing her who the guy is or picking out some guy, or maybe she cares, maybe she doesn't mm-hmm. care. That's It's just an extra step that right. I don't Vastly to... simplifies things. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying I do it because it's self-gratifying, although that's great too, but <laughs> I also am not saying it because I don't want to hire a male talent. There is one instance where I had been shooting content for this other company and their website, and it was basically unknown black girls having sex to get into porn. That's the scenario of the scene. And so the guy that was the male talent of it lives here in Vegas, and we become friends and business partners. So as far as hiring male talent, I'll hire this guy to do handjob scenes, because I want to have hand job scenes in my repertoire of stuff to sell and whatnot. So, and, but that's pretty much it. And then as far as you asked about POV itself, they're, they're easy to shoot because I'm just, it's just me, one camera. I'm not using my regular two camera scenario where I have to even edit the videos together. It's just me and a camera. So I can, Actually, I shot a POV scene the other day with Anastasia Rose, and I already have it up online because I didn't have to edit it. All I had to do is watermark it, and it's up. On that subject, uh, the POV, uh, what types of videos sell best? Like Gonzo, where you just jump straight into the sex, or do you? does it sell better if there's some type of story attached to Almost it? Almost all of mine have some kind of storyline. Right. I mean... Is that a personal choice, or is that because it sells better that way? Well, so, well at first... I started having different storylines because I wanted initially I wanted to make a different website for each one. And so ultimately that didn't necessarily backfire because I have the same domain names for them, but ultimately all that content ends up in Las Vegas amateurs. Now I have a scenario where the girl wants to be a pantyhose model and she kind of manipulates me into being a blowjob. That's called the pantyhose factory. Um, my probably actually be a really good series i mean there's enough pantyhose people oh it is yeah i've got like 18 dvds of it or something (laughs) all right (laughs) 18 dvds wow well that's what i mean i started making dvds instead of websites but yeah there is a website for it though the pantyhosefactory.com when i said i run a lot of websites i'm not trying to plug 8 million websites no that's fair that's going yeah that reminds me of the what was that was that was that company american apparel or something yeah that released those like hot catalogs and then it turns out that like the the people doing the catalogs were like assaulting the models oh no but anyways like a sexier more consent driven version of that oh right (laughs) well and probably my most favorite storyline of all and this is actually one if i was going to plug any of them i'd want to plug it's called bounced check bitches Hmm. bouncecheckbitches.com check bcbs BC, I actually said that in so you're in the in my fictitious paperwork. It says you're a BCB. What does that stand for? Bounce check, bitch, and they get pissed off. Literally, you got that right on the money. So, the storyline is the girl wrote a check for her couch or her TV or whatever the hell it is that she wrote the check for. It bounced, and I'm come knocking on the door. Hey, are you Bambi? Yeah. Or are you Henrietta? Or whatever the girl's fake name is. Well, yeah. Well, you know, your new couch had delivered the check bounce, so I got to take it back. Wait, what? Would you have any money to pay? No. Blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe we can work something out. Wink, wink. And then. I find it interesting, though, that 
those two scenarios though so one of them is very how do i describe it so one of them though like you're the aggressor yeah and, and you're other... like oh i'm gonna take your couch away but then the other one the pantyhose factory it sounded almost like she was the aggressor exactly no you're right that's exactly so, right huh. like you know they they come like i'm holding the camera in the pantyhose factory i'm holding the camera and they'll come up to me and kind of get all snuggly and it's like really hard to shoot real quick because they're right up on <laughs> top like, of me. I, I can't take a picture. You're too close. Well, yeah, but it's sort of, but that's kind of the point because if POV, it wants to be like Joe Schmo's watching it. So, you know, then they're grabbing my cock and whatever and they're rubbing. What do you do? Well, you know, and then they'll, they'll literally bring my hand up. So I'm rubbing their tits and it goes from there so it's mm. obvious that the girl's coming on to me about it because she really wants to be a pantyhose model in yeah. my company that damn bad that we end up doing whatever we do what about when you're making content do you find that doing solo versus girl girl versus boy girl content is it more about the model's boundaries or is it more about trying to make sure you have content for everyone or is it more about trying to make content which sells the most well First of all, it's always about the model's boundaries. Always. Like, never does the word manipulation enter this studio. <laughs> like, I never try to get girls to do something they don't want to do, regardless. Um, now, for example, if I'm going to shoot them solo, or whether it's solo or not, using toys, if a girl's, for example, never used a glass toy, a glass dildo, I might suggest, hey, you want to check this out and maybe even check it out first for a minute before we're actually shooting to see if you actually like it. I don't go, you're using this toy whether you freaking like it or not. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Because some girls love those and some girls don't. Right. So there's there's always boundaries that need to be kept. Mm -hmm. So I just want to. Yep. Absolutely. Since you, since you yeah, mentioned yeah, that. For the, purposes, for the purposes of the conversation, we'll assume I guess, choosing to hire. Like, because you can choose to hire somebody that only does solo stuff oh, versus right. somebody that does. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really rarely shoot girl-girl scenes. Not because I don't like it, but because if you tell one girl here to be at one and one girl to be here at one, one of them is going to get here at three when you're done with the one that <laughs> you wanted here. You want them both at one o'clock, one of them is not going to be here at one o'clock. And I'm not paying the other girl to sit around while I'm waiting on you. But trying to coordinate two people to be here at the same time is nerve-wracking, and I just try not to deal with it. You know, Now, if I said, let's say I'm hiring Model A, and she goes, hey, my roommate Model B might want to come over. Is that okay? Because you might want to shoot her too. Even if you don't shoot her today, you might want to shoot her eventually. Yeah, bring her on. Because then they're both here, and then if they both want to shoot together, then they're both here. But that's like a backup plan. That's like 1% mm. of the time. Maybe one-tenth of 1% one of the time. <laughs> but but then I get to meet some other models, so I wouldn't say no to that. You know, Even if I'm only going to shoot Model A and not Model B ever or that day, at least they're over here. You know, Kind of all the same. You asked about that with boy-girl scenes. Additionally, that's kind of why I don't really like to hire male talent too. Not blaming guys or anything, but trying to coordinate more than one person at a time is a nightmare. And so, the. But as far as shooting, I kind of forgot your question about. Oh, why? Why? 
why why choose whether to do solo versus girl girl versus boy girl well but it sounds like it's mostly because of the ease <laughs> well it is and it also obviously depends upon the model too mm. so for example if a model's fine with doing boy girl you still let's say a girl comes over here or anywhere and she has almost no restrictions doing hardcore like you completely see her doing hardcore you can't assume that she's going to be fine with doing solo and toys Let's uh let's actually so we've got some other questions around content, but let's jump over to the consent, the boundaries, uh-huh. um, because we, we've already started talking about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, do you find that most models come in with firm boundaries when they come into the adult work? When they enter adult work, when in they the enter first adult place? work, or do they their boundaries stretch over time? Oh, I'm sure a lot of them stretch over time, mm-hmm. but maybe they didn't even expect that they would stretch over time. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, I told you this off camera, so I'll be really short when I tell you this. There was a model that came over here to shoot like with another producer here at my studio. And he basically only had her shoot like nude selfies and whatnot. Because selfie shoots were huge back probably in 2013. Well, this was 2013. Like, so he was shooting a lot of like, not even video, but like selfie photos with a cell phone or a little small camera and so when they got done shooting she sat down and we talked about potential things that she and i could shoot and i said well what are you okay with shooting she goes i don't really know i'm like well i understand because you're brand new with this so i shoot stuff with toys and i shoot blowjob i shoot sex and this that and the other and soft bondage and whatnot and she immediately goes well i could do a blowjob didn't even say that to him or he would have done it and i know he would (laughs) have right so guys are guys yeah no i mean he shot that all the time so i know he would have done it like i I was just i was just thinking guys were shallow but (laughs) no no like he's a producer that would have shot that i see but yeah i was thinking poorly of him and (laughs) i no i just think i just think that he thought she this girl's so hot she would never do that like in that one of those scenarios like she had just turned 18 in december and this was in may or something like she was like she literally had just graduated high school and I think he thought from whatever conversations they had that all she was going to do was take naked selfie pictures. So the next thing I know, we're shooting a blowjob. Like that, like poop, we just did it that day. Well, the interesting thing about boundaries that I know I didn't really get until probably my mid 30s or so is that boundaries tend to be so situational too. Oh, yeah. Like your level of trust with people and oh, the situation yeah. and where you are. And I think that was the case with this girl, Lacey. You know, the only reason we ever stopped shooting is because she went off to college. Good mm-hmm. for her. Yay. You know, I helped her pay for part of it. But, you know, girls may come over here and be totally fine with shooting bondage because they've developed trust with me for shooting that. But they may not go shoot with somebody else doing bondage because they don't know him or maybe he doesn't have a real well-established website or something. He looks too brand new. Yeah. Maybe they just don't get a good vibe from him or whatever. Uh, all right. So how do you establish boundaries and consent before you start shooting? Well, I didn't used to have this until maybe about not quite a year ago, but I saw something online that people were presenting literally a checklist of like a consent form checklist, like list a bunch of stuff and have them go yes or no, yes or no, yes or no. 
And so I thought, well, especially because I'm shooting bondage, and now that it's come up that other people are doing it, I should probably do that too. So I've basically made a checklist, you know. And even on my checklist, I intentionally include stuff that I don't shoot. And the reason is because if, let's say, Henrietta Smith, the model, is okay with interracial anal gangbangs, and she writes that... <laughs> Well, I mean, she might be. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I know other producers that shoot that. So if she works out good for me, I can say, hey, producer that shoots that, I just shot a model that's great with it, that she's totally fine with interracial oh, gangbangs. So if you like the way she looks, you might want to reach out to her. So I ask them what they'll do, regardless if I shoot it or not, because ultimately if they do it, I can help them get other work. Well, and it's not just that either, because, all right, so this is, this led me to think about what you were talking about that other model earlier, about how she was shooting with another producer, and then it turns out she was willing to do things the other producer didn't even ask about. Right. That's always a piece, that's always a frustration. As you go on like a site like Model Mayhem, or you go on Instagram, and you have no idea where the model's boundaries are. Right. And your only way to find out where the model's boundary is, is to ask until she says no, which is... Kind of a harrowing thing to do, right? Yes. <laughs> You're like, do you do this? Yes. All right. Do I push a little further? Do you do this plus this? <laughs> like, and well, and in most cases, well, I used to be on Model Mayhem, but they suck now to me. So besides, they have so few models on there now. Yeah, so few models. So, but anyway, so I'm not necessarily calling out Model Mayhem. However, back. It's been like 2000, probably nine, I think, since I've been on Model Mayhem. But back then, when you were looking to find a model and, you know, one of the things they do, you do nudes? Yes. And then her list of things, it says erotic. They all say erotic. They all say erotic. erotic. Exactly. What the hell does that mean? Does it mean I can see your nipple or does it mean I can fuck you? What does that mean? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... They'll say erotic, but then they say shoots nudes no yeah what right or they'll put fetish shoots nudes no well that i get because well, maybe it can be foot fetish or pantyhose fetish yeah. or whatever or they'll, they'll they'll say you can you know wrap rope around my arm <laughs> right yeah well you can do not nude bondage because yeah. yeah. that's a thing too but i've actually shot some of that mm-hmm. but so the but the vagueness of how some of it is posted when a girl says not just a girl but a model says whatever their limits are you're right sometimes when you have to i don't even want to say this word but sometimes you have to pry them to like a can opener to find out what they actually are because they don't necessarily even know and i don't i mean just because they'll do blowjobs doesn't mean you can come on their face just yeah. be, I mean, that's yeah. a good, that's actually a really good example. Yeah. You know, come on my boobs or my ass, but don't come in my mouth or no. don't come on my face. Like there's just so many, there's models and I'm, I'm not complaining about models cause you should have your restrictions, but there are restrictions and then there's sub restrictions. Just yeah. like I was mentioning before, yeah. kiss my boobs Kissing and sucking. Yeah. Kiss my boobs, but don't suck on my nipples. What? Okay. I'm glad yeah. you told me, <laughs> you know, well, and, and even the consent checklist, like, do you have like a main check? And then like, like this could go like 300 lines. So you uh-huh. obviously can't go quite that far, but still well, it's better than, it's better than a verbal, better than verbal check-ins ahead of time. Well, but. and, and 
to be a little bit funny about it, they can do interracial and they can do gangbangs, but they may not do interracial gangbangs. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so I, no, no, but but what I'm saying is I, I do like the idea of putting it all on there because like let's say that I'm shooting with somebody um, and I just want to do a nude art, like an art shoot, yeah. like a fine art shoot. But then she checks on there that she's willing to do, you know, erotic masturbation stuff. Right. And I know. All right. If I want to make some solo girl content, I can call her back and I don't have to ask her. I don't have to like message her on Instagram and say, hey, by the way, right. do you do this? And and to bring back the scenario of the photographer that shot here where I end up meeting and shooting Lacey, had he had a checklist, he might have known <laughs> that she would do other things. Maybe she didn't even know herself. Who knows? But so, yeah, I mean, it's the, the, the checklist thing is a great idea. And surprisingly, I'm really, I'm really surprised actually that it didn't come around as a thing to do. I mean, it probably was a thing to do for some people, but it became publicized on XBiz and AVN or whatever about a year ago that people are doing this. And I was like, well, hell yeah, I should have been doing this shit 20 years ago. Yeah. So do you generally keep it? Like what, like maybe 20 items, fairly high level, like blowjob, like, I guess, I guess, what is it like pose, nude, bondage, like, like high level stuff. And then maybe keep some like note space at the bottom for more specific that's stuff. That's kind of, if I'm visualizing mine correctly, that's about right. Gotcha. I mean, I basically put, I kind of have it organized by things that I really generally shoot, depending upon obviously if it's okay with the girl, but then a bunch of things I don't shoot underneath. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so speaking on... But now that we're back to working with models, uh, where do you find models? Well, that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Used to be, and Lacey is—I hate to bring her up again. I don't really hate to bring her up again. But I mean, it's helpful again. to have a thread that runs through the conversation. <laughs> so, Lacey was found by my friend, actually, not by me. She had responded to him on Craigslist when you used to be able to look for models on Craigslist. Well, that all came to a close in 2015, basically. Um, now, at the time, that wasn't the only place I looked for models, but that was the place I looked for super brand new models that wouldn't have even known anything about an agency, hmm. right? Or models that figured, yeah, I can be nude. Well, that was kind of the case with Lacey, actually. I can do nude pictures, whatever, sure, whatever. And then it developed into what it developed. I mean, like weekly, I was posting stuff on Craigslist looking for models, and then that just stopped. And I found some great girls, a lot of local girls that live in this area, in Vegas or maybe North Arizona or whatever, or came to came to Vegas, you know, and happened to see. I'd have so I would have models from like completely out of town, that would see it. Hey, I'm only here for the week. Can you shoot me now? Were they coming as a tourist or like they were just visiting Vegas? They weren't. They weren't even interested. I mean, in some case, in a couple of cases, they weren't actually models. They were just pretty girls that kind of mm-hmm. needed some money. While in that they were case, here. Uh, in that case, what happened in Vegas did not stay in Vegas. Correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, Thanks. but then you know that door closed uh, with Craigslist. But at the same time, around well, not really around that time, but previous to that. I had started to become pretty well known with models that would recommend other models or certainly Twitter because I have a bajillion Twitter followers and I follow girls. And there's a lot of girls that, you know, they'll have an agent, but they can also self-book not with their agent. 
so in other words, some some of the some of the adult agencies are not exclusive. So if Henrietta Smith is booked through Larry's porn agency, all her work doesn't have to go through Larry's porn agency. So if Henrietta Smith and I end up with a conversation on Twitter, hey, I live in Bumblefuck, Idaho, but I'm going to be in Vegas in a couple, three weeks. Do you think we could shoot? Yeah, sure. And then I don't have to go through her agency either because we're talking directly. So to answer your question, pretty much now it's just Twitter. Hmm. Maybe Facebook once in a while. Um, But they're like, I don't even mess with places like Model Mayhem and stuff anymore. Like, because you can't even talk to girls about porn in Model Mayhem. Hmm. That's actually why I'm not on Model Mayhem. There was a girl that did porn. And she basically said it on her Model Mayhem. And I messaged her about shooting and did not mention anything about shooting porn. I told her what my Twitter was and for her to go look and then reach back out to me if she was interested. And you know what she did? Reported you. Reported me to Model Mayhem for trying to get her to do porn when she was a porn star with a porn agency. Yeah, so F Model Mayhem. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Uh, do you ever fly models in, or do you look locally, or do they fly to you? Do they that, fly in and shoot with a bunch of producers in Vegas? Well, that's now it's a complicated question. <laughs> so often, well, Ziva Faye, she comes to Vegas. She may drive or fly or whatever, and stay and stay here. stays stays here in Vegas for a few days, and. Hey, I'm coming to Vegas from July 9th to July 14th, whatever. What day can we shoot? Man, love shooting you. Cool. You tell me when. Because like with somebody like that that I've shot with regularly, like mm-hmm. with Ziva, I know her schedule books up really, really quick. So I basically tell her to tell me when she can shoot. Mm-hmm. Instead of me going, let's do July the 12th at 5 p.m. Because she may already have something booked then. So I'll just be super flexible with somebody like that. You know, um, if it's if it's a model that's coming into town that I don't really know, then I'll go, well, can you do it on that Tuesday at 1 o'clock? Well, can you make it too? Yeah, because I can be real flexible because I work from here. Yeah. And unless I have some other shoot or some other thing to do that would be pre, like a doctor appointment or something, then I can. if she wants to shoot at midnight, I can do that too. <laughs> you know, there's a specific girl that... I shoot that lives in Virginia that we're developing. We have already developed and started her website. And because there's different, I'm going to say scenarios, but that translates to pay structures with different models. In this specific case, we're shooting the content basically where I'm not paying her to shoot it because I'm shooting it and she's providing some of the content and she gets a different percentage for her website than maybe other people do because I'm not hiring her. Like if I'm hiring her, I'm putting it on my website. It's not her. Yeah. So, but she's going to come back out and I paid for the plane ticket and she can stay here with me because she's been here before. So she's not having to dick around with a hotel and then Ubers back and forth saves time and money and whatnot. So, you know, because she provides a lot of the con almost most of the content for her website i'm like well hell i'll just get you a 400 hundred plane ticket and come out you know and then feed you and we're going to shoot for three or four days and there you go that's 
that's not something I do all the time. It would be something I would do all the time if somebody wanted to do a situation like that. But primarily, it's girls that are coming to Vegas letting me know that they're going to be in Vegas. And if I'm available to shoot or whatever, then we'll shoot. I like to shoot the same models again and again. I'm and that falls under the assumption that they liked working with me, but (laughs) that almost never is not the case. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if a girl has, I mean, there's some girls that I shoot like super regularly. Um, I like shooting Raven Vice, for example. I like shooting um, Ziva, of course. Uh, Trisha Oaks, I shoot a lot. Anastasia Rose, I shoot whenever she can get out here because she was living in Florida, so mm-hmm. she wasn't here all the time. I mean, so there's, you know, if I connect really well with a girl and they like the storylines and whatnot that I shoot, I like shooting repeat customers, <laughs> repeat customers, so to speak. But some of that also is based upon if their content does well. You know, like if I shoot Henrietta Smith, I could shoot her five times and spend a bunch of money shooting her, but if her stuff never sells, I don't want to shoot her a sixth time. Yeah. And it's nothing personal, but for whatever reason, her content doesn't sell, then it's defeating the purpose. Because to be really honest, regardless of who the model is, I'm not shooting the content so I can get off. I'm shooting the content so people watching it can. And if they're not a fan of Henrietta Smith, and I learned that, after shooting her a couple times, then it doesn't make sense for me to shoot her more. Yeah. And that's one of the, I imagine that's one of the hardest parts about this, right? Is you usually can't figure that out till after you spent the money, till after you spent the money and put up the clip and then you sit there and no sales roll in and you're just like, Oh, well, that's unfortunate. (laughs) Well, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but it happens, you know, I mean it, but then a year later, she becomes popular from having had shot with all kinds of other people. And all of a sudden, yeah. she's yeah. a known porn star as mm-hmm. a person who's dabbling mm-hmm. their toes in it. And, and all of a sudden, I find that Henrietta Smith is really selling. Oh, she's shot with Brazzers and Team Skeet and all these other big companies now. So people are yeah. finding out who she is. So they're searching for her. And now they're finding her stuff from me that I shot a year and a half ago. Do you make an effort to try and find people before they... Like get in. Like I prefer a, that if I can. Uh, do you think it's socially more acceptable for girls to model for adult work now? Do you feel like more girls are doing it now compared to twenty years ago, or less? Or well, I wouldn't like to surmise or assume that it is or isn't more socially acceptable, just because. It's always. It, I don't think it's always. I don't think that it's ever going to actually really be acceptable. Yeah. Just to be frank about it, but I think more. I think that over the course of, well, I've been since nineteen ninety five. So what's that? Thirty five, thirty six years. I think. I think that, or twenty five, twenty six years. I think that the girls that have the potential to or want to be or have always thought about being modeling nude or not have an easier way to do it because of the internet and certainly in the past 20 years as the internet's really sped up and progressed meaning the speed of the internet has sped up and progressed that it's become easier to become a model instagram this that and the other 
Um, but to step into the adult industry has actually even become easier, not not just for models, but also people that want to shoot photography or video because any Joe Schmo can go to Best Buy and get a good camera now. No, that makes sense. Because if you assume like, let's let's assume that the percentage of people that wanted to do nude work, nude work, the, the percentage of people that are either exhibitionists or they just don't care. <laughs> They're just like, whatever, you know, yeah. I, I'll, I'll, I'll have sex for money. It does, you know, I have no moral qualms about it. Right. Let's assume that's always been 1%. 60 years ago, they didn't have the avenue. Well, that's, that's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now they're like, I just have, you know, <laughs> I can just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just picked up my cell phone for those of you that can't see it. Every damn girl and guy yeah. has a cell phone. Yep. And the cell phone takes current cell phones take 4k video practically as good as my actual video cameras which is why when you said something about getting into gear i said it's not necessary because yeah you know you it can, almost doesn't matter now no i mean you can take great pictures some of my box covers for some of my dvds i've actually shot with my cell phone so do you like interchangeably use your camera and your cell phone well no in some of my bonded scenes mm-hmm. i'm actually using my cell phone as part of the scenes if I'm in a hurry or if we're not really going to want to take a long time for me to actually take regular photos because the photos in my cell phone are easily good enough for me to make DVD box covers out of if I need to make them. So even I end up using my cell phone sometimes, but not, I mean, that's like 1% of the time, but still the quality's there. I saw uh, just earlier this week, I saw an announcement from Sony saying that they think they're going to be able to produce sensors for cell phones that'll be better than what's currently in mirrorless cameras right now. Wouldn't surprise me. <sighs> Blows my mind. And and not to go too laborious on camera equipment, <laughs> but... I love my camera. I don't want to give up my camera. <laughs> well, but I'm just talking about... You were talking about photographers and their gear, and yeah. it's almost like... It's compared, a status symbol. It's, it's a status almost, symbol. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like comparing penis size. Yeah, look so, at my lens. <laughs> right. But my my camera, I, it's a... The, my current camera that I use for my stills is a, is a Canon 7D. 7, the, the letter D. It's very impressive. <laughs> Except, but... The, but but now they have other ones that are like the D Mark III and the D Mark IV. And the, like there's my camera's from 2012, mm-hmm. and it works just as fucking good. And yeah. I don't need to have a bigger image size than it yeah. does because I'm going to reduce them to be small on the internet anyhow. So I don't Ooh, need some yeah. camera that can make a fucking billboard on the strip. Yeah, which my camera probably could anyway. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't feel it's necessary. Oh, I need a new camera because I need to make a bigger image size that I'm just going to reduce down to internet size anyway. <laughs> so that's my speech about camera sizes. Yeah. And that's all that says. Yeah. Well, one of the things that we kind of talked about before we started too was you're not trying to make video that's like professional, like vivid quality video either. No, I never have. Uh, for me, I don't think it's necessary. I'm not trying to be. I'm going to name companies. I'm not. Tr- <laughs> I'm not trying to be vivid or wicked or browsers or digital programs. Well, I don't think hardly anybody is because I, I, if I recall correctly, like the vivid business model doesn't work anymore. Well, I just meant their production quality. That's fair. I'm not trying to be vivid or wicked or or, or mm-hmm. Team Skeet or browsers or 
digital playground. And it's not that I can't, because actually a couple of those companies have actually shot scenes for. But but primarily, I'm just trying to be me. Mm-hmm. So I don't want everything to look like too amateur. I want the quality to be professional, but I want my work to be basically what is called, or at least I call it, is pro-am. It's like amateur, it's like professionally amateur shot, but that's with intent. You know, if I wanted to shoot higher quality, it wouldn't be that hard for me to do. I just don't want to. Like, I don't like, like Playboy is okay. And like Penthouse is okay, but none of it looks real. None of it looks like real people that I could meet when I'm walking down the street. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of how I feel about the way I shoot. For example, I don't want to hire a girl a makeup artist. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to do your makeup, that's okay. Just do it like you're going to the mall. Yeah. Because you're going to look like a real girl if you do that. And probably 97% of my scenes are like that. Yeah. You know, if now if a girl came over and she had her make, she did her makeup and it was really good, I'm not going to go, ooh, take that off. But, <laughs> right? But And I'm not saying the quality of the makeup of the girls that I've seen no, no. that it's, I yeah, is a, bad. Mm-hmm. I want it to be natural. I want, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to go to the mall and wear light makeup so you look pretty, that's what I want you to look like in mm-hmm. my scenes. I don't want you to look like some crazy makeup done, overblown well, it's the feeling you're going for. Like those those companies we mentioned before, Wicked and such, and Playboy and Penthouse, they're going for high fantasy. They're right. going for stuff that doesn't really exist in real life. Or right. it only exists on, you know, Saturday night at some expensive club somewhere. Like, right. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to shoot is girl next door. Even if it's some girl that is a really super known now but you don't want it to be too amateur because they have real amateur ones are usually terrible, like oh, terrible yeah. dim lighting. It's incredibly like grainy as hell because it's like ISO like 3200 or something yeah. and everything is just incredibly grainy and fuzzy. Um, and it's always like zoomed in on like, oh, here's a breast. Here's the ceiling. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I avoid that. I guess to tie a bow on that, so to speak matters more to me that it doesn't look and i'm not saying i don't like the way brazzers or team skeet shoots but they're higher production on a scale of one they're they're shooting for a specific look and a specific feel right Um, pro wise on a scale of one to ten they're 12 and i feel like i might be like maybe eight or nine hmm. as far as what the quality looks like like I don't think I, my quality looks like a three, no. you know, like no. you like you described with crazy grainy stuff or whatever. But that that's why I kind of like I was exaggerating a little bit on a scale of one to ten. To me, they're like twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right? I know, I know. So so, but like I like my camera work to be eight or nine, but my feel to be six or seven. So it averages mm-hmm. out to kind of be a seven or oh, eight. That's good. You know, yeah. Without without me. Because I try to make the quality as best as I can, but without trying too hard to yeah. make it look too good. Yeah, no, because that's the fantasy. Because if the fantasy is the girl next door and you make it look too good, then it takes you out of the fantasy. And exactly. you're just like, it's like, oh, this is something about this feels wrong, but I don't know what it is. Well, I, that's why I get a lot of feedback and compliments from wherever I get them from. 
from fans <laughs> because they might email yeah. me or they might message me through mm-hmm. many vids or whoever you know man i really like your stuff because it looks real yeah well that's like i can't tell you how many times i've heard that over the past years and that's the compliment i want i don't want them to compliment me compliment me on what i look like or whatever because i want to look like me and that i'm somebody's dad stepdad you know i don't want to <laughs> you know what i mean i just yeah. want to i want to look like i almost feel like i want to look like i could inspire guys that are in my age bracket that if they really wanted to they could do this too but they'd have to do it the right way yeah there's there's it's yeah it's funny that we didn't get to this question at all but there's been so many women of all sizes getting in and there's been a lot yep. fewer guys of all sizes getting in but there's been some so yeah. it's but the yeah. one thing one thing that you had previously asked me about too was record keeping stuff if you want to touch on that for oh a second. sure yeah how do you do your record keeping so and i thought that was important so i remembered it um so see that big ass filing cabinet over there <laughs> that is a pretty big file cabinet it's uh it's a it's probably four feet tall three four it's a giant four drawer four drawers. thing and two of those drawers Are you shooting with raven i see raven on your calendar that was when i did shoot with raven oh last week oh i think it was in february oh wow all right um yeah i think the last time me and her shot was february okay gotcha um but two of those drawers completely filled with model releases gotcha and, and i mean 11 1150 something forms or whatever they're called the 2257 form. 2257 <sighs> yeah you can tell i've never filled one out <laughs> uh, actually helped create that form really yeah interesting um but those those drawers have model releases literally all the way back to like 1995 Jeez. and they're filed in folders per girl's name and if I've shot with her more than once, that folder's got all the model releases in it. The other drawers have other paperwork and stuff that have to do with things or be blank model releases and whatever gotcha. in the top drawers. Interesting. But additionally, though, because that's paper and paper's good because you need to keep the paper, right? Everything is also scanned digitally. I have it backed up on three different computer hard drives mm. because if something fails, yeah. got a backup. And sense. of course, with the digital, I'm scanning their IDs and the pictures of them holding their IDs and whatever. And I, with that, I don't print those out and stick those in there because that's just a waste of ink. Gotcha. So every everything is digital, and but I had paper backups too uh, of their model release and then the 2257 form. Has anybody come and asked you about those? Never. Never. And this is a topic why I brought, kind of brought this up, record keeping. So... Different clip stores in different places have decided that they're going to make up their own 2257 record-keeping rules that are not oh boy. that are not the U.S. government 2257 oh record-keeping. And I could talk about this for an hour, but I'm going to talk about it for three minutes so that <laughs> right, you don't hate three me. Minutes. <laughs> so the actual 2257 law from the government is you need a model release and a copy of their photo ID that proves that they were 18 or over at the time of production. That's the law. Period. You don't need six forms of ID and you don't need a fucking picture of them holding it by your face. And you don't... And I'm talking about as per the government. You just need that. That's what you need. Now, out of nowhere, every one of these clip stores now determines they want their own different rules... But you can't grandfather in what I did 17 years ago. So Let me go back in time. 
So, so probably half of the clip stores let you rely on your own two two five seven record two two five seven record keeping. Yes, I have the like even Pornhub. Yes, I have the model releases and IDs. Cool, you're good to go, Gerald. Hmm. But but some of them, many vids, I want clips, AP clips, and a couple of them. Literally, you have to get the girls added into your and clips for sale too. You have to get the girls added into their system where they've approved your record keeping, even though I keep it on track here. Interesting. Yeah, Fair. so it's a big jumble of who does what. Yeah. Oh. But the only one that really is a pain in the ass is OnlyFans. Oh. I mean, they're, frankly, they're trying to get out of the erotica business. So, but yeah, because it's too much money. Right. So, Gerald, do you have any projects you want to plug? Uh, mostly, primarily, to keep it simple, is my LasVegasAmateurs.com site um, and ExposedBondage.com site. And to find a lot of my other stuff, just to keep that simple... If you go to Linktree, your Linktree, whatever that is, I mean, I know what it is, but I think it's just linktree.com slash Gerald Saunders. That'll link to all my other stuff without me rattling off <laughs> stuff for about an hour. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. And that's where everyone can find you online. Or do you want to, uh, what's your Twitter? Oh, what yeah. We? Well, they can, well, I have a bunch of Twitter accounts, but my main one is Gerald Saunders, G-E-R-A-L-D-S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S. Um, that's and that's my uh what do you call it um i have a i have an instagram with that and a facebook page that's gerald saunders lv las vegas lv I imagine you probably don't put much on the facebook page <laughs> no i just put <laughs> random stuff or behind the scenes pictures or you know cute not too risque pictures of models and stuff i'm i gotcha. really don't use that avenue too much but even the same kind of thing on my uh on Instagram, I just post like some behind the scenes stuff or, you know, when I go to the AVN convention, because when I go to the AVN convention, for example, I cover that as a media for the magazine that I mentioned before, Yeah. but I'm still going as Gerald Saunders. So I'll take okay pictures that are okay to put up in places that like that. Sense. Thank you for coming on, Gerald. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. And with that, we are done. Check us out at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast.com, on Twitter as at NSFWPhotography, Instagram at the NSFWPhotographyPodcast, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. 